Welcome to Daily Defining Moments. This is Pastor Allen, and I'm so glad you're with me. Our goal each day is to help you open the Bible and connect with Jesus. Remember, before I begin my day, God has something to say. We're reading through the New Testament portion of the one-year Bible in the New Living Translation. Today is May the 3rd, and our reading comes from John chapter 3. I want to begin by reading verse 16, which is maybe the most famous verse in the Bible, and then a couple of verses after that. Let's begin in verse 16. It says, For this is how God loved the world. Or you may have memorized, For God so loved the world. Same sentence. He says that He gave His one and only Son so that everyone who believes in Him will not perish but have eternal life. God sent His Son into the world, not to judge the world, but to save the world through Him. There is no judgment against anyone who believes in Him, but anyone who does not believe in Him has already been judged for not believing in God's one and only Son. And the judgment is based on this fact. Listen carefully. God's light came into the world, but people loved the darkness more than the light, for their actions were evil. All who do evil hate the light and refuse to go near it for fear their sins will be exposed. So first, in verse 16, Jesus offers us the key to salvation, eternal life, a relationship with God. He says the motivation was God's love. God loved the world, not just some of us, but all of us so much that he made the ultimate sacrifice, paid the ultimate price, sent his one and only son. He added a condition, but it's a simple condition. All we have to do is believe. Those who believe in him will have eternal life. We will not need to fear judgment. We will live forever. We begin a relationship with God now. We're learning to walk with Him. We're learning to be with Him. We're learning to cultivate that relationship. And it lasts not only throughout this lifetime, but for all eternity. Okay, that's verse 16. When you hear that, it raises the question, why then would anyone refuse to believe? Why would anyone reject salvation, forgiveness, eternal life, a relationship with God, an eternal inheritance, God's family? Why would anyone say no to that? Well, he goes on to explain, light came into the world, but men loved the darkness more than the light. In other words, most people reject Christ not because they've got some kind of intellectual hang-up. They reject Christ because they don't want Christ to be in charge of their life. And at the end of the day, this is basically what sin is all about. Sin is a declaration of independence. Salvation is bowing my knee to Jesus. It's surrendering my kingdom for his kingdom, right? And so what Jesus says is the light came into the world, but there are people who are so committed to their kingdom. There are people who refuse to bow their knee. They reject the light because they're so consumed with their own kingdom, with their own will. It's an issue of their will. It's not their intellect. It's their will. It's their heart. Will they embrace Jesus as their king? 
And it's interesting, he goes on to say that those who come into the light, you know, they want a relationship with God. They're glad to come into the light. And that light exposes the issues in our heart. Really, that's what leads to our healing. That's what leads to our identity in Christ being formed. That's what leads to our character. That's what it means to be with Jesus. When we are being with Jesus, we're coming into the light. Everything is exposed, and then God can really work. But in the darkness, nothing is exposed, and God cannot work. See, he says, those who love God, they come into the light. They want God to have their heart in their life. They invite him to work in every area of their life. That characterizes a believer who has been born again, like he describes in the beginning of this chapter. Then he says, but there are others that avoid the light because they don't want their deeds, they don't want their heart, they don't want their agenda, they don't want their motives to be exposed by the light. Let me illustrate it this way. Throughout the years, you know, I've been a pastor now for 24 years. And throughout the years, I've had several people who have been friends and we're hanging out. Maybe we've got a hobby or we connect at church or we're in small group or our kids are on the same sports team or involved in something at school. And we've got this friendship developing. And at some point in our friendship, whether that friendship is six months old or six years old, several times at some point in our relationship, they disappear. At first, I would wonder, I wonder what's going on. I wonder what happened. I wonder why we're not friends anymore. I wonder where they went. Well, after more experience, what I discovered is they began doing something they didn't want me to know about, and so they disappeared from my life. They began doing something that they didn't want to have to explain. They began doing something that they thought I wouldn't approve of, and when that happened, I didn't hear from them anymore. They didn't want my light to expose their issue, their decision, their behavior. That's exactly what Jesus is describing here, is that those who are living in darkness, they hide from the light because they don't want their deeds to be exposed. One of the things that's interesting in American culture right now is there is this prevailing thought that those who trust in Christ, those who believe the Bible, those who are trying to follow Jesus, they check their brain at the door. They're not interested in science. They're really not interested in truth. It's more like religious propaganda. When the opposite is true, those who reject Christ want to live in the darkness. They don't want their thinking to be exposed, and the issue is their will. Let me give you this great illustration from a book I read recently, and I've mentioned this to you. It might be a great resource. It's called Person of Interest by Warner Wallace. And one of the things that he points out, just consider this, out of all of the people in history who have received a Nobel Peace Prize. So these are the smartest people in the world. These are the best leaders in the world. Out of all the people that have received a Nobel Peace Prize, 65% of them were Christian. 21% of them were Jewish. 
only 7% of them were atheist or agnostic. In other words, most of the intellectuals in the world today, most of them believe in Jesus, and it's not even close, almost 10 times. For every one atheist or agnostic intellectual, there are 10 Christians. Boy, that's pretty strong, right? But the world tells us the opposite is true. Well, what Jesus is capturing in this passage is that typically when people are running from God, running from the church, running from the truth, it's because they don't want their deeds to be exposed. They don't want to surrender control of their life. They don't want to come under the authority of Jesus. They don't want to live for his kingdom. They're building their own kingdom. Now, let me give you one little practical thing that's important about that. So for me, when I'm sharing my faith, This is why I never argue with anyone about spiritual issues. Never. Because when a person is arguing with me about it, what it typically means is they're not ready to come into the light. And so if I argue with them, I'm usually doing more damage than good. I need to wait for their heart to open. I need to wait for their circumstances to expose the foolishness of their independence, and then their heart opens, and now they're ready for the light. Now they're ready for Jesus to do some surgery in their heart and in their relationships and in their thinking in every area of their life. But until then, arguing with people, debating with people is just a big waste of time. You know what you need to do to them? Love them. Just love those people. Serve those people and wait for their circumstances to blow up. Wait for things to change. Wait for their heart to open. What I'm looking for throughout my day, every day, every week, when I'm just out in public, when I'm around people, what I'm looking for is people who have an open heart. People who don't want to debate, they've got honest and sincere questions. I'm looking for people who are trying to make life work, who are trying to figure out, why aren't my relationships working? Why isn't my family as strong as I wanted? Or why why have I been so successful, but I feel so empty? What's that about? I'm looking for people who have honest questions who I can begin a conversation and point them to Jesus, tell my story, and slowly what I'm doing, you know what I'm doing? I'm turning on the light. And if they start running from the light, I turn the light down a little bit and just love on them. I serve them. I want to be their friend. But then as they move towards the light, I keep turning it up brighter and brighter and brighter and brighter. That's how we win people to Jesus. That's how people are transformed. This is what our mission statement is all about. We want to be with Jesus. We want to turn the lights on so that we can become like Jesus. When the light's on, God can do surgery and we're transformed so that we can do what Jesus did. What did Jesus do? The light came into the world. We can take our light into the world. Jesus said it this way in Matthew 5, let your light shine before men so they see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. So I want to do what Jesus does. I want to go into my world with a flashlight. And if people run from that light, I'm not tracking them down, holding them to the ground, trying to win an argument. I'm out there with my flashlight. And when people are drawn to the light, 
I make it a floodlight. I tell them about Jesus. I tell my story. I invite them to take the next step in their spiritual journey. So I hope that helped. Hope that encourages you today. Let me just once again encourage you, share this podcast with your friends. It's an easy way to help turn on the light in the lives of people that you know and love. Well, let me pray for you. Father, thank you so much for entering into our dark world. What a great, big, bright light. God, we're so grateful for the light. We're so grateful for your life, for the truth, for your presence. God, it's your light that is changing our lives. So God, I pray that every person listening, help us to be very careful about ever running to the darkness to hide. God, give us the courage to always move towards the light, to move towards you and to allow you to shine your light into the dark places of our heart, into the painful places of our heart, into our hurt, so that you can bring healing and grace and mercy and transformation, redemption into all those places. God, I pray that you would help us to go into our world with a flashlight. Help us to remember when people run from that light, we don't have to chase them down. We can continue to love them, to be a friend, and to wait until we see them moving towards the light. And for those who are moving towards the light, God, help us to shine. Let our light shine before men that they'd see our good works and glorify you, our Father in heaven. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks again for being with me. I look forward to seeing you tomorrow. Remember, before I begin my day, God has something to say.